Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561 727 5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. 
And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. My name is Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. Everybody's here. And as always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. 20% off your entire order. BetterEdge.com slash five reasons for a $20 sign-up bonus. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com. And of course, why wouldn't you sign up for OnlyFans? It's only $3 a, a month. Uh, Simon, why why shouldn't we have at least you know other than you know I want I need to buy my my vacation home, but why shouldn't we have about ten thousand to twenty thousand people on OnlyFans at three dollars a pop? Did you just say it was thirty dollars? Because that seems so cheap. Thirty dollars? No, no, no. It's only three dollars. Three or, I, or yeah, or like I like to refer to it, a third of a Starbucks coffee. So like three as in after two and before four? Yes. Dollars? Mm-hmm. Dollars. Is that, is that a day or an hour? Yeah. Or euros. As, as you know, if you check today, the, the exchanges, uh, it, three yeah, euros. Yeah. We yeah. accept three euros. That's, that's exactly what I did today. I checked the exchange rate. <laughs> Nothing happening in my life. So I'll just check out exchange rates. But wait, that's that- this is, that, that's like I literally did check the exchange rate today. Like I, I monitor the euro. It's your job though, right? <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Um, but I'm confused, right? Three euros slash dollars is that like per hour? No, per, that's per an day? entire month. If the month had whoa, 85 whoa, whoa, days, whoa. it would be for 85 days. But since Three months months. only have 30 or 31 days, Three dollars. $3 for 30 or 31 days. Yes. What about, and you know, just today I was seeing on the, the chat, uh, you know, which celebrities definitely, definitely have Coke habits that like, you know, members of our members of our, uh, of our community have like can verify. I mean, who wouldn't want to know things like that for $3. You basically think about it actually in all seriousness is that it's stayed really stable and enjoyable despite the fact that there's been a, ginormous paucity of information because it's been the off season so yeah that's true god knows what it's going to be like when we have actual football to talk about yeah i mean and i i brought this up on the twitter too because like you know there's there's other i'm sure there's other discords going to pop up out there but um you know i i one of the things i like about it is that we have like a thousand people but it's not it's not insane you know (laughs) like it's, we weeded out the felons, didn't we? So yeah, basically, like you know, there, there's there's sort of a screening process in place, and uh, and and we try we try and keep things pretty civil in there, and it, it works out. Like you know, if you if, if all these free discords or whatever, there where there's no barrier, they don't have to do anything to like join it and stuff like that. I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be filled with uh, with jerks just that's overrunning. Gonna, that's going to break down to, to fuck when things start going testy. In the season, <laughs> it's a good little community, though, isn't it? It's a good community. I don't, you know, yes, we would say this, wouldn't we? But it's actually a good community of people, and it's fun and funny, and you know, mm-hmm. you talk about all sorts of stuff, not just, uh, not just the dolphins. But well, you know, there's also one guy on Twitter. One guy on Twitter just said, like, he tagged us all, and he's like, you know, like, listen, I was going through like one of the lowest moments of my life a month ago, and sure. and like the people, everybody in there, including you know us and stuff, like you know, helped them out and, you know, helped them, helped them get through it. And, um, you know, I thought it was a really, a really sweet, you know, story. Yeah. And if you want to join, it's patreon.com slash only fins, exactly how you hear it. 
or you could just check on our Twitter page at three yards per carry. It's the pinned tweet. It has instructions there on how to get on there. It's like only fans, but we all don't, none of us get our cocks out. Exactly. Yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although if you pay enough, I was going to say, we have several tiers. Okay. For a million dollars a month, there's one tier that if you pay us a million dollars a month, God knows what you're going to get. Okay. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I don't think All right. Any yeah. This is our annual. Uh, we talk about this every single year because everybody seems to freak out about Madden. And trust me, we will, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to bore you to death with this Madden stuff, but we are going to go through the entire roster for training camp because the next time that we do speak to you, we'll be two days into training camp and I'll be out there every single day. But uh, we were talking about this off air, Simon. Why why do people care so much about these Madden ratings? Because they're morons who would rather <laughs> spend time playing World of Warcraft. Is that yeah. even a thing anymore? You are. People... World of Warcraft? I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think Fortnite oh. is like big now. Yeah, but Fortnite is like my kids play my son plays Fortnite. World of Warcraft is like or Warhammer or whatever it is. That that's what like people who like the Hobbit. That's what they play. <laughs> Isn't Elden Ring also pretty popular right now? Elden Ring sounds like a prostitute. Um, <laughs> sounds like a whorehouse in Nevada. Hey, buddy, welcome to Elden Ring. Um, Elden Ring is actually a game that uh, I'm reading on, on it here. George R.R. R. Martin has signed off on it, which is uh, it's right, like an offshoot of Lord of the Rings, which is kind of cool, right? Um, no, sounds <laughs> That's absolute AIDS. I'd rather, I'd rather remove one of my own testicles with my bare hand. But we were talking about one of the uh, the du jour, uh, the the complaint du jour every single year was Xavier Howard is being, you know, he's being railroaded by these Madden people, and I and I tend to agree with them because Xavier Howard for years was way underrated by the Madden people. No longer. Is that the case? Because he's pretty highly rated. The new one is Javon Holland. He's a 12th ranked safety. Chris, you take issue with that? The 12th ranked safety? No. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. Shall I tell you why he's the 12th ranked safety? Because he's about the 12th best safety of the league. And that's why he's the 12th ranked. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, like, that would probably uh, be the best reason that I could think of to rank him 12th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if he's the 12th ranked safety, that's. Like, that's good people. You understand every team has two of them, right? In the starting the lineup. This, the problem with this, people with people complaining, is twofold. One is that everybody wears rose-tinted glasses when it comes to their own players, right? Everybody thinks their own players are better than everybody else's. And the second part is that the people that are complaining about Javon Holland being 12th have no idea who the best safety in the league is, right? I mean, I would hazard a guess that 95% of the people would not know who the best safety in the NFL is. Right? Well, according to Madden, is Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, the Madden people also don't know who the best safety is. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, that's not the right answer. Yeah, the, the it's right not, right? Is not Tyron Matthew. It's either, At the top of my uh, head, I would say Justin Simmons? Well, it's either no? Judge, to me, it's no, Justin, no, 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 no. To me, it's Jordan Poyer or Justin Simmons. So, oh, really? I like Simon's choice. Chris, you disagree? Uh, it, it's not that I disagree. It's just that I think that um, what's his, now I'm forgetting his name. I'm getting really forgetful of names lately. It's getting pretty bad. The uh, the Minnesota Vikings guy. Um, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's elite. Yeah. Harrison Smith is a hell of a player. Absolutely. Uh, we're not missing anybody, are we? I mean, I think Tyron I'm Matthews, sure we are. <laughs> Tyron Matthews is probably the best slot player in the NFL or one of the best slot players, probably the best slot player in the NFL. I don't think he's the best safety in the NFL. He doesn't really play like a safety. So, um, yeah, I didn't, he doesn't really, does he? Like, like what a, like Buda Baker, you know, like, yeah, Buda Baker. I mean, Derwin James, if he stayed healthy, would be high. Oh, Kevin God, Fired's yeah. a great player. Um, Jesse Bates, obviously, Justin Simmons, Poirier, yeah. yeah, Jesse Bates belongs, absolutely. Well, I mean, speaking of I'm... Jesse Bates, though, um, you yeah. know, if if he were available in trade, mm-hmm. would you see and see my thoughts on this are are just I, I say I really say no to safeties um when it comes to like acquiring big name, you know, a safety that made his name with some other team. You know, I, I'm just like I'm just almost always against it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think he's a great player. I loved him in college. I think he's been brilliant for the Bengals, but he is... If you were to say, oh, who does Javon Holland remind you of? I mean, a guy that can play center field, can get sideline to sideline, get his hands on balls. He's a good hitter, solid tackler, can run the alleys. I mean, that sounds like Javon Holland to me. So I just don't understand why you would... I, I just don't... Well, just going back to safeties just for a sec, Doug Farrar, who, um, who is a pretty switched on guy, he released his top 13 safeties. Um, he had Derwin James at 13, um, Micah Hyde at 12, Minka at 11, Tyran at 10, uh, Quandre Diggs is a very good player at Seattle at nine, Marcus Williams at eight, obviously the Ravens now rather than the Saints, Kevin Byard at seven, um, Xavier McKinney at six, which is a good, a good pick. Antoine Winfield feels a little high, but five for Winfield. Four is Jimmy Ward at the 49ers, another good player. Devin McCoy at three. Justin Simmons at two and Jordan Poyer at one. And then he had in his honorable mentions, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, who's a good player, Jeremy Chin, Jesse Bates, Harrison Smith, Adrian Amos, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, Amani Hooker, and Javon Holland. So, And I have the list here from Madden uh, NFL 2023. And this is not a very good list. <laughs> they have Matthew number one, uh, Derwin James number two, Buda Baker number three, Kevin Beard, number four, Micah Hyde, five, Justin Simmons, six, Jesse Bates, seventh, Poirier, eighth, Harrison Smith, ninth, which is insane. Jamal Adams, 10th, which, come on, he's a linebacker. Uh, (laughs) Minka Fitzpatrick, 11th, Adrian Amos, right there at 12, and actually Javon Holland is tied with Antoine Winfield, Devin McCourty at 13. Good player, Adrian Amos. He's probably mm, the yes. biggest safety, and he's 220 pounds as well. I would argue that out of all those guys in that list, there are – I'm trying to – yeah, there's only one bad player in there. Jamal Adams, I don't, I don't see the appeal. He's a linebacker. He doesn't do any safety things, really. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll move on from this Madden list, and let's talk this roster, and we'll start here. Uh, there was a question that was sent to the three yards per carry account. Is there any possibility that Skylar Thompson might outshine Teddy Bridgewater and they seek to, to save some money at the position and he takes over as the backup quarterback? What are they going to do with Skylar Thompson? I never understood. I didn't understand why they even used the draft pick on him, but obviously they saw something on him. Where does he end up, Simon? 
I mean, I think I, I cannot for the life of me think that they're going to um, have an injury, uh, a quarterback with an injury history that Tua has and not have Teddy Bridgewater as the uh, as the guy on the roster. That just makes zero sense to me. I, I think they're obviously intrigued by Thompson's skill set. Um, I didn't particularly see it in the draft process, I've got to say, but, you know, he's six foot two, he's 220 pounds, he can move about a bit. You know, he's... Uh, He's also had health issues. I mean, I don't think you can necessarily say, oh, you know, we're going to go with Tour and Skyler. I just, I mean, he's mm-hmm. a, he is a develop, developmental quarterback at best. You know, he can read the field, um, but he's not a, he's not a much of a chance taker, but they clearly, the, there is clearly something there that they like. Um, but, you know, to me, I mean, this is a guy who's going to be 25 years old, um, his passing production over 40-odd games. I think he had 41 starts or something. I mean, wasn't great. I didn't think he was particularly accurate. Um, I thought he was an overstrider when he stepped into throws. I thought he'd force balls um, and he was injury prone. So, I, I mean, 0.0% chance that Skylar Thompson makes the roster over Teddy Bridgewater, unless Teddy Bridgewater dies between now and then. <laughs> I, I still don't think he makes the roster. <laughs> Chris? Skyler yeah. Skyler Thompson can't. I don't think he can do what what Mike Mike McDaniel had in his mind for the backup to Tua Tungavaloa doing um, when they signed. I mean, he admitted Mike McDaniel admitted he, he gave this whole big spiel on um, on what he wants the backup quarterback to do uh, when they when they go out and get a, a veteran backup. And, um, and he, he said, he admitted as like, I was, I was literally talking about Teddy Bridgewater because I knew that we planned on going after him. Um, and so like, I don't think the Skylar Thompson, the rookie can do those things. Like they, they want another, they want another veteran experienced player with, you know, experienced eyes in that room. Um, and on that, on that sideline, noticing things, offering point points, uh, our pointers and, um, and tips and, and stuff like that using, you know, from his own experience. I mean, think about, I always go back to the story, um, of what, uh, what's his name, Brian Hoyer did, uh, for the, um, it was the, in the Super Bowl, right. Um, it was, it was, uh, against the Rams and against, uh, Sean McVay. And how in the the week of preparation, Brian Hoyer had been with uh, Kyle Shanahan before, and you know, and and McVeigh, um, and and knew some things about the way that you know, recognized some things about the way that they do things, uh, about the way that they they call in the plays and and the the cadence or not the cadence, but like the the um the microphone and the helmet and and stuff like that. And so he you know he had some he had some insight into that and. Based on his insight, the Patriots did some some different things in that Super Bowl and um, and came out on top for it, and and that's that's the idea. That's that is that is it, and then that's encapsulated right there. That's that's what your backup quarterback is there is there to do. The veteran backup, um, he's there to be a second set of eyes, a guy that's been around the league, been under some different coaches, uh, in some different systems, and can. Uh, can recognize things and help out and um, and then come in and win some games if, if called upon. Is that Skylar Thompson? No, not, not even close. So no. All right. And I completely agree. Uh, moving on as far as the fullbacks, I think John Lovett is just here to 
try to spell Alec Engold as much as possible. He is coming off of a knee injury last year. Um, I think Alec Engold is the fullback. Now, you know, famously, they had Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk or Juszczyk? It's Juszczyk, I think. Juszczyk. Okay, Kyle Juszczyk, if they tried to get as close a facsimile to Kyle Juszczyk as they could, they got one in Alec Engold because that's what he does. He's a good pass catcher. Gets out on the perimeter on blocks. How much does he play, Simon? I think he plays a lot, actually. And I think what you'll see is that the Ingold Gasicki uh, partnership, because obviously, you know, we've talked about it ad infinitum, but, you know, the, there are going to be things that Mike Gasicki simply can't do, and they're going to want him on the field, but he's not going to be able to do them to the level with which this offense is necessarily required, or, you know, He's not going to be able to do them to the level that he's required to do. So I think you're going to see a lot of combo blocks with Alec Ingold uh, working with Kasiki uh, on the perimeter. I think he's athletic. He can catch the ball. He's a good blocker. He isn't used checky, you know, but he's still a good player. He fits exactly the scheme. And, and clearly McDaniel, you know, they targeted him early. They made a big push for him. They got him over Green Bay. And I think he's going to be an integral part of the offense. Chris, more snaps. Ingold, Durham Smythe. Oh God. Um, well, that's a boy. You, you picked a hard one there. I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with Ingold. I, 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 th- I think he's here. I, I think, think he's here to play. I think a better question might be more snaps, Ali Ingold or Mike Gasicki. Hmm. I, I'm going to go with Gasicki on that one, but I, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that Ingold is here to play. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Gasicki is going to, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that Gasicki is going to be going to be used maybe more than than people think. I, I don't think this is a staff. I think this is a staff that is going to give him is going to get him out there and ask him to do the things that they want to do in this system, and then see if and and see if during camp and and everything if if he can learn, you know, if he can learn from the coaches. I think that the last staff was more of a staff that they're they were the kind of the the write you off staff. You know, I think they were they were the kind of staff that's like, this is what you're good at. This is not what this is what you're not good at. And we're not going to put you out there to do what you're not good at. And um, and they, they make very snap judgments, I think. And I, I think that this staff are more of a teaching staff and they're going to, you know, they're going to view it as Mike Gesicki can be a lot better if we get him on the field on the snaps where he can be covered by linebackers. So, um. So they're they're going to ask him to do some things, and I think that um, I think that he's going to get he's going to get some, plenty of snaps. All right, moving on to the running backs. Uh, Simon, give me your your locks in this room because I think we all agree Miles Gaskin will will not see a snap in the regular season this year, right? Like we're in agreement. Um, I don't agree with that necessarily. I I, I know you two guys hate him. I, I don't. <laughs> it's just you know. Well, we don't hate him. We just think that he'll be on another roster. Weekly. But like, I, I don't know why he, you'd think he'd be on another roster when you've got. Okay. It's not like there's. It's not like they signed a load of answers. You know, it's not like. Um, well, they signed two. Well, did they? Though? And then, and then, and then they signed, and then they uh, they got a, a rookie that you know has already made some noise for himself. Sure, sure, but a rookie who's not played in the league. Right. You know. Right. Raheem Mostert's coming off an injury. Sony Michelle, we've we the three of us have discussed the fact that we're not even sure he's going to make the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Dokes, well liked kid, hard worker, 
schematically, stylistically doesn't necessarily fit. So mm. already you're looking at, you know, you remove Dokes from the, you remove Dokes and Michelle, and all of a sudden you've got Ahmed, who we know they like because th- this administration brought him in as an undrafted free agent, as a priority undrafted free agent. Chase Edmonds, who's got to prove to stay healthy. Uh, Moster, who's coming off an injury, could start on the pup. And a, 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 an undrafted rookie in Zaquandre White, who, yep, looked good in minicamp, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we've got to couch that. In a, we haven't just signed, you know, the kid from Texas, you know, B. Jan Robinson, you know, it's let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's couch that. So y- yes. Um, I think there's possibility he's not on the team. I also think there's a possibility he could be on the team, um, you know, because he does things that, you know, he's quick and he catches the ball well. And I, I think that's a prerequisite for a Mike McDaniel back and um, just wouldn't, I, I just don't think, you know, uh, Mark, the problem with Mars Gaskin, or the problem for Mars Gaskin, is that he was unfortunately forced into a position that he wasn't, he isn't built to do. He's not built to be a, a an every down starting running back in the NFL. He's built to be, uh, you know, a scat back, a satellite back, a third down guy who can, you know, pick up some pick up some first downs on third down draw plays, get the ball out the backfield in his hands and make plays down the field, which he did against the Raiders when he scored that touchdown. Those are the sorts of things he was unfortunately forced into position because our inability to bring in a starting running back or a running back of any note meant that it was just left to Tomas Gasky. Yeah, we know about his limitations, his vision, all those sorts of things, but I just don't think he's, you know, give up on the give up the ghost on him quite yet. He he may not make the team, but I, you know, it could be I'm torn. I'm I'm torn. I, I hear what you're saying. Like uh and and I think you never count out a guy who seems to turn up who, who seems to always turn up like a bad penny. Um you know he is <laughs> He's done he nothing a cert- but be a good, you know, <laughs> hasn't he? He's done nothing but be a. He is uh, painfully average on yeah, every he's, single play. He's nothing that hasn't. He hasn't been asked to. Do you know what I mean? He he shows up. He works hard. He plays hard. He's. I'll, do you know what I mean? Pay, you'll pay me. I'll show up. I'll play. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure you're out on no. a secondary for a long touchdown. No, I, I, I get. It. So, but, but he does like you know as he he seems to always be he seems to always turn up, you know somehow, and it's sort of like Isaiah Ford, right? You know, we we like uh you know we like to think that our secondary. Or not a second. Our wide receivers last year were were on and on. I saw somebody talking about this on the um, on our uh, OnlyFans too. It's like uh, you know we go on and on last year about how good of a wide receiver unit we have, and then like Isaiah Ford is back on the field by like week four, you know. And it's like uh, so this this guy keeps turning up, and uh, you don't want to count him out for that reason, and also because frank, frankly the same, you know, Eric Studsville he's still here right um yeah. <laughs> so i uh, you know that's 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 been his coach and so he if if this guy keeps turning up it must be studsville must have a high opinion of him but at the same time i can't think of a of a, of a running back on the roster that fits this system less than him because um because he is he is not like he is he is a hesitant runner like he's you know he's he leads a, the league I, he leads the league in missed cuts on film is yeah, what he and, what he does and and he's and he's very you know he's he's not a decisive runner he's an, he's a he's he's hesitant 
um, and he dances. And, and I, I'm not sure that that's, um, that that's really the, the systems, you know, everybody talks about it and it's kind of like one cut and go. And, um, and I, I'm not sure that that's, that's his game. I don't think it's ever been his game. I think it did fit better with the systems that, um, that Miami were running the last couple of years. Um, but I think right now, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, we'll see where, where his health are, uh, is, are definitely ahead of him. Uh, Sony Michelle has a nice, a nice chance of being ahead of him. Zaquandre Wright has a nice chance of being ahead of him. Saban Ahmed has a nice chance of being ahead of him. Um, on this roster, the only guy that I'd probably put ahead and put ahead of him or put him ahead of is, is probably Jared Dokes. How many and, um, will carry? How many what? How many backs do you think will carry? Hmm. I mean, with, with a fullback? Yeah. With a fullback on the roster? Then you got, you got to be thinking three, right? Yeah, I'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, maybe three. And they'll use Lynn Bowden. They'll, they'll use that we have three running backs as an excuse to carry Lynn Bowden, I think. And he'll be the de facto fourth guy. Uh, a stat on Sony Michelle, by the way, by PFF. Since 2018, Sony Michelle has 96 carries of 10-plus yards. That's eighth most in the NFL. That's not a terrible stat. That's, on, that's well, in his favor. I don't think he does anything um, terrific with the football in his hands. Like, um, I, I think that, you know, especially after contact, um, I think, yeah, he'll, he'll have a highlight play, like one or two highlight plays, but I think they all do. They all do, you know, no matter every, every single back, every single back in the league that ends up with a carry is talented in some, you know, and to some degree they got in this league, they got, you know, they got carries for a reason, miles Gaskin included. Um, but, uh, but I don't think he does anything terrific with the ball in his hands. I, I do think that he, he runs to the space in the system really well, Sonny Michelle. I, I think he does. I think he does kind of fit um, with the style, but is he going to be the full all around back that they want out of him? You know, is he, is he going to have the right uh, head for the game for, for the system and stuff like that? that? That's, you know, we'll see. And Simon, as Simon alluded to before, don't be surprised. He doesn't even make it like on the roster, like it's, it's, he's no luck. But, by any chance. Don't be surprised if he comes in, starts and rushes for a thousand yards. Yeah. He's yeah. going to have like a four week period where he's the main back or something like that, you know, because that's just the way it kind of goes. All right. Moving on to the tight ends. They return the exact same group right down to Seaton Carter. <laughs> Simon, uh, any changes there? Hunter long gets more playing time. I guess that's the only thing we can look for in that, in, in that group. Um, I have the sneaking suspicion if this offense is humming along by the trade deadline and Mike Gusecki not a huge part of it, they could monetize Mike Gusecki for yeah. a draft pick. I think it Do you agree on, with that? Yeah, I think it depends what happens with Hunter Long. I think mm, if yeah. I mean, he looks better, he looks much bigger. Um, you know, we knew he could block coming out of Boston College. I, I think Adam Shaheen might be the one on the outside looking in. I think Durham Smythe is just a good, solid all-round player. He can block, come down the line, he can block. You know, that's what the 49ers do a lot of, which is motioning tight ends to attack at the snap, um, either whether that's whether that's ends or, or, or linebackers or whether that's safeties or, or even blitzing corners. And I think, I, I just think that Seathan Carter isn't going to make the roster. Tanner Connor's not going to make the roster. And I think it comes down to Gasicki, Long, Shaheen, and Smythe. And I think Shaheen might be the odd one out because I think they'll obviously keep in gold at fullback. So, mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's Gasicki, Long and Smythe, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Gasicki moved out if Hunter Long just starts to, you know, starts to look like the player that whoever it was that signed off on him, you know, thought he might be. And look, he was no mug at Boston College. And, uh, you know, I think right. a lot of people had him as a, as a day two guy anyway. So it's not like we suddenly plucked some guy out of the seventh round and pulled him in the third round. That's, you know, he looks like a player. You know, he looks like an NFL player. He looks And he was like having a, a great camp last year to the point where he got hurt and then disappeared for a long stretch in camp. And he's so. big as well. He is, what, 6'6", 254. He's a big human being. You know, I am... Um, I would not write, rule out Hunter Long as being a guy that you get to the end of the season, you're like, wow, you know, where did this dude come from? Because he has- yeah, and he doesn't lumber, by the way, for such a big guy. Like he runs like an athlete. Like he looks yeah, like yeah, an athlete. He, he does not. He does not lumber. I think that's right. Four six. So you know, one sixty one ten yard split. So the dude can motor. Um, I've heard um, that Frank Smith, who had Frank Smith, uh, the offense coordinator, who had uh, Adam Shaheen in Chicago. Um, I think during Adam's rookie year, uh, maybe, maybe more than I'd, I'd have to check, but, um, I, I've heard that he wasn't the biggest Shaheen fan <laughs> back then. So I think that you might be on, onto something with, he could be odd man out, but, um, you know, but clearly he's an NFL player that has NFL skins on the wall. And so, you know, you don't know what kind of injuries might, might happen, um, so, so we clearly have four there that they could roster, right? Um, but, uh, but how it shakes out with with Alec Engold as a fullback, you know, that's does does Alec Engold take away from the running back position? Does he take away from the tight end position? Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. If Mike Gusecki is having a career year by the trade deadline, obviously, you know, that means that the offense is probably working as intended. But if, you know, if he's no factor, I really do believe if the offense is just fine and they're scoring their points and the offense and Tua looks fine throwing to his wide receivers and throwing to Hunter Long and Mike Kosecki's kind of a one of these four catches for 35 yard afterthoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trade deadline, why not take a second round pick for him, right? You know, he'll have a big market. I do know that. All right. Moving on to the yeah, wide receivers. By the way, you agree, Simon, right? What? Yeah, I agree about that. I, I, I'm not sold that he'll have a massive market. Like, I think, I mean, because what is he really? He's a big slot, really, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't really gain a lot of separation. You know, that's why he makes so many contested catches. He's not never running away from people. He has well, this, he's never running against linebackers. No, but he never, he has this tendency never to, he has this tendency to play really well and then disappear for like two or three weeks. Do you know what I mean? And then come in with a yeah, yeah. and that's the thing that frustrates me. I think there's a bit of inconsistency. The blocking obviously is gonna, you know, will turn some teams off. I'm just not, you know, I, I think obviously teams will will, will pay a, a a pick for him and a decent pick. I'm I'm not sold it would be a second round pick for a guy who's really a bit of a one trick pony, as good as he is at that horse thing analogy. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, honestly, I would. I. I think he. I think there's a strong chance that he's going to do well in this offense. I. I really do. I think there's a. I think with if you think about the benefactors of having um, both Jalen Waddle and uh, and Tyree Kill. Um, you know, Mike Gesicki's that benefactor. 
uh, and, and in the, in the middle of the field in the passing game. And, um, and this, this is going to be an offense in which they're going to put him on the field. You know, he, he was second in the league last year in percentage of snaps going against a corner in coverage. Right. And, um, and that to me, you know, means that, uh, it's not just about, you know, Hey, they weren't running the ball. It's, um, it's about how they were using him and the situations that they were using him and how, how much they pigeonholed him in the way that they use him. And I know that this offense is not going to do that, or they're going to focus on not doing that. And, or they're going to, they're going to focus on not doing it until he proves that they have to. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that he's going to be, he's going to be used in such a way that he is going to be matched up on linebackers more over the middle with, you know, Tyree kill and, uh, and Jalen Waddle catching a lot of attention and um and i i think he's gonna eat i think he's i think he's he could be a strong beneficiary of that all right uh moving on to the wide receivers uh i think we we have a pretty good handle on what they're keeping but as far as the bubble guys i i look at this and the bubble is right there between the two big guys Eric Azukama and Preston Williams. Like one of them has to go and one of them sticks around as the red zone threat, I would say, which means that I would, in my, in my opinion, it gives Preston Williams the inside, the inside track to making the roster as a wide receiver on this team. You agree, Simon? No, I have long thought Preston Williams is not long for this team. You just can't rely on him. How can mm. you rely on a guy that's played like, 10 games in three seasons or whatever ridiculousness. I think Wilson obviously makes it, Waddle obviously makes it, Hill obviously makes it, Sherfield obviously makes it. And then at that point, you're looking at, uh, you know, Erica Zukanama obviously has got a big, um, you know, a big benefactor, as it were, in, in Wes Welker, who, who's, um, we'll go to bat for him, but he's got to prove it on the field. Lynn Bowden, a bit of an X factor. I think we quite like Lynn Bowden, but obviously disappeared completely from the scene last summer when we all expected him to step up, but he can add that sort of, I, I hate using this, it's so lazy, but that sort of Debo Samuel type, he can mm. do some of those things in terms of jet sweeps or throwing the ball or, don't forget Alec Ingold was a very good um, uh, sort of high school quarterback um, as well in Wisconsin. So, but I, I, I think Bowden just offers so much, you can run the ball, you can obviously line him up in the slot, you can line him up outside, he, he could be an emergency quarterback, he plays special teams. So I think he has sort of an inside track, but he's got to prove it. Um, but I just, I think they probably keep six. Um, but I don't, I, I, I'm not sold that Preston Williams is one of those six. I just don't think you can rely, excuse me, I just don't think you can rely on the guy. You know, he's got all the physical tools. But look at the games he's missed. It's just, you know, it's, I mean. I happen to think that there could be a market on him uh, yeah. in, in training camp. You know, if, he, if, if we're getting through training camp and we're getting through preseason games and he's healthy, but we, but he still finds himself in a numbers game in Miami because he's got significant numbers ahead of him. You're, I mean, who cuts a fourth round pick? Eric has a is a fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, that, mm. that doesn't happen that often, you know? And, um, and so you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Cedric Will and Cedric Wilson. We all know that, but then, you know, Eric has a a fourth round pick and uh, Trent Sherfield is like a favorite of theirs. And um, is a favor of this coaching staff and has already made an impression, you know, um, in thus far in many camps and such. Um, if there's a numbers game at play and Preston Williams is healthy, but still finding himself in that numbers game. Ultimately, I think uh, we just have to remember that Preston Williams has started like 17 NFL games and uh, teams 
teams are aware of that. And he's, you know, he's physically, he's physically a uh, good looking player. And, um, and so I think training camp comes preseason comes, if he's showing out and he's still caught in a numbers game, then possibly uh, traded to another team. I mean, we're not talking for much compensation here. We're talking about the usual sixth, seventh round pick type type of deal. But um, but then the other part about it is remember which team, what, you know, one of the teams he showed out against um, San Francisco, Francisco, you know, and and the Dolphins could have gotten rid of him already. You know, they 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 chose not to, you know, and um, and I think that that deserves its own mention. Um, So so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't have I don't share the concerns that some people have when they say, oh, you know, they're, they're too small at wide receiver. Well, they're small at wide receiver because Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are two starters. Uh, you don't want those guys like, you know, I don't care how, how big or tall they are. Uh, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton were both small guys, too. And they were both great. Tyreek Hill, by the way, does not play like a guy who's 5'10". He just doesn't. He plays like a 6'2 guy with with really he's not, good. He's. He's also not five ten. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll believe Hill. him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on what plan? Tyreek Hill five ten. Come on, yeah. we'll believe we'll believe his his listing for now. But, he is but he, he is literally an eighth of an inch taller than five foot eight. He is five foot eight. <laughs> well, he plays big. That that's that's the truth. He does play big. But Cedric Wilson is not a small guy, and they're going to use Gasecki a lot in the slot. He's giant. So they got size that, you know, they're not, they're not bereft of size. And if you're concerned that Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are your starting your top two wide receivers, then you got different Then I guess, you know, you got first world problems is what I would say. Cause that's a pretty good problem to have. Okay. Yeah, my, Cedric, my, Cedric Wilson is over six two. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's big and plays big, big too. Uh, he's he a guy plays. he plays vertically. So he's plays big. Yeah. All right, moving on from wide from these uh, wide receivers. Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to move on. One more guy, Cody Core. Uh, you had something on him, Simon. I remember. I, I didn't know too much about him, but you had something to say about him on on the Discord one day. I remember. I mean, your memory's better than mine, mate. I mean, <laughs> okay, this doesn't bode well for Cody Core out of Mississippi. Well, I just think yeah. he's an interesting guy because of his size. He's another big guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 6'3", 205, you know, he played for the Bengals, played for the Giants. I mean, he faces an uphill an uphill struggle to make the roster. I think he's a very good special teams player, if memory serves me. Um, but obviously with Trent Sherfield, who I think is a lock to make the team, um, I think he's going to struggle a little bit in that department. Um, but we shall see. I mean, it, it'll be an interesting battle for that, I think, for that sixth place on the roster. And I think when you look at it, you know, you look at the the players that they have at the position, and whether that is Bowden, Cody Core, River Craycraft, Devontae Dedman, Braylon Sanders, Trent Sherfield, although I think Sherfield's a lot to make there. But you know, Sanders, Dedman, Craycraft, Core, Bowden, and maybe even Azuka Azukanama, you know, you throw him into the mix as well. That's gonna be a really interesting battle at the bottom end of that, you know, if they do carry six. You know, who's got special teams value, who's got return value, who's a solid tackler. Who's a good teammate, but I think it will come down to, you know, who's got just a little bit of cross-training ability. You could, you know, return a kick, who could make a tackle on special teams, maybe be a gunner, those sorts of things. And I think that that core certainly has that. Obviously, Craycraft has that. You know, these guys have got a lot of special team snaps under their 
under their belts. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. All right, moving on to our problem child, the the offensive line. Uh, we talked about this two weeks ago, and we didn't get you in on this. I mean, so I have to ask you: Is there any evidence that Greg Little actually exists? None whatsoever. <laughs> okay, but we'll start there. Greg Little, Kellen Deitch. Uh, I don't know. If you want to throw in Robert Jones, but let's throw him in there. Larnell Coleman, Adam Pankey. This is not a, a stellar group, by the way. I'll throw in Solomon Kinley. Any of those guys surprises and grabs one of these starting spots because all of them are listed right now as second team offensive linemen. Not starting spots, but I think obviously I think in a perfect world the 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 offensive line would line up: Armstead, left tackle, Eichenberg, uh, Connor Williams. It's clear that Robert Hunt's going to play guard, and and Austin Jackson will play right tackle. And I think in terms of backups, you also got Dieter. I think Kellen Deitch will make the roster as a backup. I think Robert Jones will make the the, the roster. I think Solomon Kinley. Um, you know, it, it is an interesting name. Uh, and then maybe you throw in, a, you know, the best of the rest and whether that's Coleman or Panky, mm-hmm. you know, you, it feels like they're a little bit light on backup guards. Um, you know, and it may be that somebody else has to start a tackle and, and Austin Jackson is just a backup guard at, at, at two positions. But, um, you know, but then your, your expectation is that someone like Kellen Deitch comes in as a rookie and plays starts at right tackle, which is not an easy thing to do. The other option is that they kick Robert Hunt outside and then they try and find a, you know, a guard who can play on that side, whether that's, you know, whether Jackson plays guard, whether Kindley play can play the right side, uh, whether Dieter can play, obviously when Dieter was drafted, he was drafted as a right guard out of Wisconsin. So we shall see, but um, I don't think, I don't think any of us believe that the offensive line has been fixed uh, and as much as as much as and as good as Toronto Armstead is, you know, health once again is a massive issue. And you know, let's just say you lose Armstead week three, and he, you know, mm. tear, uh, you know, a, a bicep muscle or whatever's out for the season. Well, then you're looking all of a sudden at shit. You know, we're almost back to square one, apart from Connor Williams at centre, and you know that's not a good position to be in. So it's a risk, but um. You know, and, and this offense will will live and die by that offensive line. It will. You look at the 49ers, you know, they had, you know, Trent Williams at left tackle, Lakin Tomlinson, the, the 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 center who was in the league for years, who's just retired, his name completely completely escapes me. Uh, Mike McGlinchey on the right side, you know, Tom Compton. This was a good offensive line. This is not what the Miami Dolphins have. Alex Mack. Alex Mack, that's it, yeah. Uh Chris, anybody from that group? Anybody from that group? surprises and grabs a spot here well uh, so the thing that the thing that i'm still watching for and i've said it before is um is what happens you know they're i i I sense they would like to see if austin jackson can can play at right tackle um and they're going to they're going to head into camp you know trying trying to find that out and i wonder how long it's going to be before they sort of give up on that and and say you know what this this isn't going to work and if it's not going to work then i think that robert hunt has to be your right tackle um you know i I just i just think so uh and and so i'm wondering you know as far as we know robert hunt was cross training at both positions already during the off season during the mini camps and 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 so on and so forth so um so and he's listed on the roster as a, as a G slash T he's listed on a, as a guard tackle, which is what Austin Jackson is listed at. So, um, so I, you know, 
I'm watching that. And then aside from that, it's like, if he does start at right tackle, someone's got to start at right guard. Right. And it's (laughs) going to be one of the people that you just named, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be Robert Jones or it's going to be Solomon Kindling. And, um, and so probably, and, and so I, you know, that's, yeah, you got, you got to watch out for that. It's not, it's not ideal. You can't solve the entire five man unit when, you know, the entire, you could argue that almost the entire five man unit with, you know, four of the five men were, were not long for this team. Um, not someone in people that you want to build around. Um, and so you can't solve the entire five man unit in one off season. They've, you know, they, they've, they've tried to solve a little bit of it, uh, with Connor Williams and, and Teron Armstead, but, um, but you, you I, I, I do believe that there's still a strong possibility. You're going to see Teron Armstead, Liam Eikenberg, uh, Connor Williams, and then like, you know, either Solomon Kinley or Robert Jones, at right guard, and then Robert Hunt at right tackle. And I noticed that, you know, Marvin, Marvin Allen, um, when he was talking about, about, I, I mean, he was really talking up Robert Hunt a lot yeah. in, um, in, in a recent interview that he did uh, for the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins, you know, their, their website. Um, and he, he even talked about how Robert Hunt was their secret, you know, in the, in the senior bowl um, that he got he got, he wasn't able to play in the game. And so they were glad that nobody else got to see him. And, um, you know, how he just brought up how incredibly athletic he is. And he's like, yeah, people got to see a little bit of that in the Baltimore game when he, you know, (laughs) the touchdown that wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) is what he called it. (laughs) Um, but you know, that that's, I mean, they're really, they're really emphasizing that they really love him. They, they think they can build around him. And I think that you put your two best players at left tackle, right tackle. Um, especially when the, uh, the, the quarterback's a left-hander. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I got to watch for. Yeah. Many, many, many moons to go moons ago, which is to say it was just two seasons ago. There was a time where we were looking at the right side of the offensive line an offensive line by saying Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, they can be here for almost 10 years and we were pretty happy about it. But since then Solomon Kinley, I guess, discovered, uh, food in Miami. Maybe if he discovered Cuban food, that explains everything. But <laughs> he ate himself out of those plans. And look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, rumor mongering here. Uh, Brian Flores didn't like Solomon Kelly. <laughs> okay, uh, he started him him on the on the pup, and then on the first day of camp, when they give you that sheet with the entire roster and their depth chart, in the bottom they put a little list, and that little list had two guys that failed their conditioning test. It was DJ Fluker, oddly enough, and Solomon Kinley. Uh, last year, I guess, was a throwaway. He's posting pictures of himself on Instagram again. Uh, Simon, is it just as easy as, look, let's just get back to that. That worked for that, those four, five, six games that we were pretty happy with the combination before Solomon Kinley started eating himself out of that position. Uh, Kinley at right guard, Robert Hunt at right tackle. Let's go and let's run it back because they were just fine two years ago. Isn't it, isn't it as easy as just that, Simon? Um, I don't know. I mean, run it back makes it seem like they were, you know, Richmond Webb and, and Keith Thims. And it's, you know, the, I mean, they were a fine, but, you know, let's not get out over our skis too much. Um, I think to me, the biggest question is, and, and it goes back to the point that Chris made, is that this is exactly what training camp is for. 
right, it's to weed out. Let's let's see when the pads are on and the heat is on. Let's see who is, you know, can Austin Jackson really hold up at that position? I think you have to look a little bit at the, you know, the the coaching situation last year with Lemuel Jean Pierre and, and and that issue. And I think it's pretty, um, I think it's pretty significant that his best job is an assistant offensive line coach. I think nobody believed that he was ever ready to be an offensive line coach. And I think for Matt Applebaum coming from coming from Boston College, obviously playing a similar system at Davidson in terms of, you know, where he was offensive line coach for, for years there. I, I think to me, that's really interesting. And I think it's just a, it's a clean slate. It's a wipe of the board and let's see who you've got. Obviously, you know, we all know about Toronto Armstead. It feels like they're, they're big on Robert Hunt. And to me, it feels like they're big on Robert Hunt at right guard. It feels like Connor Williams is a lock to start a center. There's two other spots up for grabs. Who's going to grasp them? Who's going to grab them? I think Eichenberg probably plays guard. And I think pairing him in between Armstead and Williams is a smart play. So what happens on the right side? Does somebody come free in the, you know, does some, it feels like it's too late now for a JC Tretter. It feels like that, you know, if they were going to make that move, they'd have made it unless Connor Williams gets hurt. But it feels like they've invested so much in Williams at centre that they're not going to change that situation. Because you could, you know, there's a possibility that you think, oh, you signed JC Tretter, put him at centre, and then kick Connor Williams out to right tackle and have a line that's Armstead, Eichenberg, Tretter, Hunt, Williams. That actually sounds all right. But that obviously is not a path they're intending to go down. Otherwise, Tretter would have been signed a, a while ago. So, but this is what camp's for, boys. This is the reason why we, why, why these guys do it and crack helmets on a, you know, 90 degree heat on an August afternoon is to try and work out who can play and who can't. And, you know, I, my, my only concern is that I just wonder if the, the horse is on the roster to even beat out an Austin Jackson, which is a concern. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, somebody asked if Teron Armstead will play a snap this, this preseason. I doubt he does. He's completely healthy, by the way. He's, he's, he's ready to like, if they had to play a game next week, obviously they haven't trained up to it, but if he had to play next week, he will play. But uh, San Francisco, if Mike McDaniel is anything like Kyle Shanahan, they're notorious for holding out their tackles. And Trent Williams didn't play a single snap last year in preseason. So I wouldn't look to turn Armstead to play too much this preseason. So you'll see him week one against the Patriots. Moving you, on to you the might, D- you might even see Craig Little at left tackle then. <laughs> when we, yeah, but he has to exist for us to see him. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Greg Little has to, there has to be some evidence that he exists for us to see Greg Little. I swear to God, I I haven't seen, I saw him at one practice. That's it. And I went to every practice last year and supposedly he played in a game and that's news to me. I need to see the the footage of that to to make sure that actually happened. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it. Uh, Next week, we'll talk the defensive side of the ball, but till then. Thanks for listening to three yards per caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.